Hey, this is Attorney Vince Stakes, and these are the evening office hours. Tonight, we're going to talk about two questions from uh, people that have posted or text me. Uh, the first question that we're going to talk about is um, the, the person asked me, how, do, how can social workers get away with lying? And what is the purpose of an attorney if they can't win the case? The other question it has to do with about um, warrants and taking children uh, without a warrant and something called the imminent danger exception. Okay. So let's talk, let me read the question uh, if I can from the first person. It says, how can they, meaning social workers, have that much power to destroy someone's life by taking children from good mothers and not be exposed? Second part of the question is, what is the purpose of having an attorney if people like me can't fight back? All right. So let's talk about the first part of that question. The answer is simple. Yeah, the answer is simple. The implementation of the answer and the solution, well, that's a lot harder. How can social workers have so much power? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on what side you're on, the law in the state of California, as in most states, have given social workers a tremendous amount of power and a tremendous amount of discretion and a tremendous amount of legal protections. You know, um, you probably heard in the news lately about taking away the qualified immunity from police that violates your, your constitutional rights. Well, in California and probably in most states, social workers have qualified immunity. So you can't sue them unless they purposely did something wrong. And a lot of times, you know, cases I've been involved with, it seems as if, or we know in our gut, that the social worker did something wrong on purpose, but they later claim in the lawsuit, oh, that was just a simple mistake. And if it was a simple mistake, with qualified immunity, you can't sue them. So the solution, my friend, is voting. You know, voting to take the qualified immunity away from social workers at a state or national level. Voting to elect state senators and assembly people that will make laws that will protect you so that social workers can't get away with what they get away with. Voting so that you elect judges who are family-oriented. Voting so that they can change the law so that you, when they come to take away your child, you're entitled to a jury trial. Right now, you're not entitled to a jury trial. You have to have a trial by judge, and that judge or commissioner or referee gets to make the decision. There are some that say that judicial officers face a lot of political pressure because 
CPS in every county is very powerful. A lot of money behind them, a lot of political power. I don't know if that's true. That's just what some people say. So that's the thing. Solve the problem by organizing people to vote. And I said it's tricky. It's hard. How do you do that? Will you go out and organize in your county, in your state, to gather 100,000 votes so that you can make a difference? So that you and that 100,000 people can make a difference? I don't know. Will you do it? The second part of the question was about attorneys. Now, I gathered from this question, uh, because there was another part of it that she, this uh, viewer also text, what good is it to have an attorney if they can't protect you? The problem is this. The problem is the attorney can do everything he or she can do. That doesn't mean they're going to win the case. All right. The attorney is just trying to protect your rights and trying to assert your rights. So they're doing their job. But the attorney has to fight off usually a minor's attorney, usually has to fight off the county council and the social worker. And if the judge has something, you know, um, looking at your client in the wrong light, you have to deal with the judge. So don't think just because you have an attorney, it's going to be magic and the problem is going away. Not true. The attorney is trying to um, protect you, assert your rights, but the attorney doesn't have anything to do with the decision. So many times I hear from people that call me up and they're complaining about their attorney. And then I get into the case and I sometimes realize that, you know, the attorney did all they could. I mean, just because you have an attorney doesn't mean they're going to win. And by the way, if you lose, everyone blames their attorney. It's always the attorney's fault. That's, that's not true. Have I ever seen or heard of attorneys that didn't do their job? Yes, I have. But that's not usually the case. All right. So what this, the second question is, they took my kid, they didn't have a warrant, and they claimed they had, they took the child because of imminent danger. Now, in the United States, and this law applies to all states, although it's not enforced in every state, and even cases where it is enforced, it's not done all the time. And I base that upon my conversations with many, many people every day of the week. So if they come out, social worker, police officer, and they take your child away from you, off to foster care, can they do that without a warrant? The answer is, it depends. Generally, you can't take a child from a um, parent unless you have a warrant or court order signed by a judge. Gotta be signed by a judge. If it's not, they need what's called exigent circumstances, emergency circumstances. So if they take a child from you and claim exigent circumstances, they better be able to prove that 
later on and down the road. Now, that particular issue, at least in California, doesn't come up in the juvenile court or in the CPS case. Whether they had a warrant or didn't have a warrant or exigent circumstances or no exigent circumstances, it's not a defense. It's not a reason to get the child back to you. But you can walk over to the state court or the federal court civil department and file a lawsuit against the social worker for not getting a warrant or a court order to take your child and really showing that they had no exigent circumstances. Let me give you a, um, a fact pattern that was a real case uh, in the Central District of California and it went up on appeal and the Ninth Circuit ruled that the social workers didn't have exigent circumstances. Okay? This is what happened. A social worker went out to a home because she had received a complaint that the father was sexually abusing his stepdaughter. I don't know if his stepdaughter or daughter, but you get the picture. Social worker went out there and interviewed everyone and determined um, I got to go back to my office to talk to my supervisor about the case. And she left, but she left the child in the home with the father. All right. Three or four days goes by and she talks to her supervisor and her supervisor says, oh, my God, go detain that child. Social worker goes out and detains the child, but doesn't have a warrant. And they rely on exigent circumstances for the detention of the child. Well, the Ninth Circuit said, you know, in so many ways, well, you left the kid there. Um, if you later decided to get a warrant, excuse me, and later decided to take the child or to detain the child from the parents, you had to have a warrant. So even though the social worker claims exigent circumstances, that doesn't mean there are exigent circumstances. And the person that wrote this question to me didn't tell me any other facts about whether there was really something going to happen or if there were exigent circumstances or if the social worker was just BSing them and detaining their child. So tonight we learned about warrants and exigent circumstances to take the child and how that's not going to help you in the CPS case. It will help you in another case. If you bring a federal civil rights lawsuit against the social worker, you can, you know, you can win. And we've learned that um, why or how social workers are able to um, do what people, you know, describe as corrupt acts or acts that aren't honest and you know we've talked about the solution to that is voting you know getting together people to vote in blocks all right so this is an election year make sure all of you vote exercise your right to vote i don't care if you're a democrat or republican and independent vote make your position known you know i talk to a lot of people who complain about social workers and complain about the juvenile laws. And, you know, sometimes we talk, I go, you know, did you vote? No. What can I say? Get it? All right.
So again, my name is Vince Davis. I've been practicing here in California uh, 31 years, and I'm an expert in CPS cases. I answer questions like this all the time. You're probably watching this because you have a CPS case or you know someone that has a CPS case. You know, check out my website for um, resources and information, fightchildprotectiveservices.com. Check me out on my Saturday 7 p.m. radio show in Los Angeles, KABC, 790 AM talk radio from 7 to 9. And if you're not in the LA area, you can catch it on kabc.com, live streamed, and you can catch it right here on this Facebook page, The Secret, How to Fight CPS and When, because it's live streamed right here for you, 7 to 9 on Saturdays, and that's Pacific time. That's the end of office hours tonight. I'll see you folks in the morning. And if you have a question that you want to ask me, go ahead and email me or just post it on the site. And I will look at it and I'll try to answer your questions uh, tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. I have a trial tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Uh, so we're going to do that and knock out the office hours and I'm going to be on my way uh, getting ready for the, uh, the trial. Alrighty, good night, have a good evening, and we'll see you tomorrow.